Not long ago, in a far-off corner of a place called the Internet, a revolution was born. Forged in the fires of common experience, the survivors of a mysterious movie known only as A Talking Cat came together. Their purpose, to dissect this fascinating failure of a film and broadcast their findings through the cosmos in hopes that future generations might learn from their mistakes. Some would call them heroes, others would call them mad, but despite the grueling road ahead of them, the group would take up the Sisyphean task and become a talking cast? Are they adventurers, sinner as a savior's or Are they demented, love the punishments, I can't be sure But one thing I do know is that the mission here to force To make your life so hard that you'll be pissing on your kitchen floor Hello everybody, and welcome back to A Talking Cast The A Talking Cat podcast that nobody ever asked for But we're bringing it to you anyway I am your host, Dylan Reed Miller Hi, I'm a guest, Shannon Camp Hey, I am also a guest My name is Stuart Wellington of the Flophouse Podcast Hey! Same. Hey! Celebrity <laughs> yeah. guests. This is a very special episode. Yeah, it's uh, internet micro celebrity Stuart Wellington. <laughs> the lowest level of fame. <laughs> exactly. Oh. I'm comfortable with it. I've come to terms with being a internet micro celebrity. I think it's a great place to be, man. Exactly. Under the radar. Unless the radar is Talking Cat Podcasts, in which case, very much on the radar. You have, you know, the creepy devotion from a small number of us without the nuisance of, like, the paparazzi following you wherever you go. So it's the best of both worlds. (laughs) Exactly. Well, this strange little podcast was Stuart's brainchild, really, because it all started with his comment. A offhand comment buried in a Facebook thread. So thank you, Stuart. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome, world. So uh, this is episode 39, which means it starts at minute 38.01 and goes to minute 39. Good. I watched the right minute. So this minute begins with um, the parents of the two families chatting. Yep. Two lovers divided by wealth. Flirting with each other after that journey through the woods that we thought might never end. <laughs> I missed that minute. Oh god, I'm glad I wasn't talking about that minute where it's just, what's the dad's name? Phil. Uh, so yeah, we here we have Phil coming in through his journey. He was walking around talking to himself and he meet the mom who also has a name. It's I think it's Susan. <laughs> Susan, okay. And something I really appreciated is right off the bat, uh, you have the attention to detail because there's a lovely band of sweat around Phil's, uh, the neck of Phil's t-shirt. I spent a good amount of time when I was watching the minute wondering whether that was his real sweat or whether they had hosed him down for the sake of continuity. I think that actor, yeah, all of that actor's shirts have that kind of sweat stain, I believe. <laughs> There's only so much the washing machine can do. <laughs> it's what happens when it's just permanent. It's what happens when you don't have a uh, a costume department. It's a bring what you're wearing type the uh, type affair. And I mean, either way, it's gross. <laughs> yeah, and heat escapes through the top of your head, but Phil has that great hair. Should we call it hair? Sure, we can call it is hair. Is it a wig? Is it a toupee? I spent a good amount of time examining it because it is a color of yellow. That does not occur in nature. We call it nicotine stains. (laughs) And we know that the two parents are perfect for each other because their hair is the exact same color. (laughs) 
<laughs> Actually, if the movie had been about the two of them playing siblings, I would have also believed it. And it wouldn't have, yeah, yeah. it wouldn't have changed the movie in any way. They would have just added one line <laughs> and acted the exact same way the whole time. They look more related than any of the people who are supposed to be in families together. Yeah. This blonde woman has these two swarthy olive skinned children. Sure. <laughs> I mean, we, we never meet their father, so I don't know what the story is there. But we do know, and actually, that's a part of this minute, that uh, she makes it very clear that she has not only is she not married, but she has never been married. A little family Ooh. drama behind the scenes. These two children are the result of a lengthy uh, trip to Barcelona, maybe, or I think that's the most reasonable explanation at this point. Especially because a they're, semester abroad, they're twins. Semester. Oh, they're twins. Okay, then one semester. They're twins. Exactly. Just one fell swoop. One night of swarthy Spanish passion. Uh, so sparkling dialogue aside, uh, can we talk about the music? Of, of course. Because yes. this is... That's always a favorite topic. That's always a favorite topic. Yeah. This is one of the many minutes in which we are graced with uh, La Cucaracha. Made famous by a talking cat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. It sounds like it's being played on a electronic keyboard built for a child. Uh, yep. Or a keyboard cat. Yeah. Ooh, bringing it full circle, definitely. It's 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 appealing to the internet crowd. Got to draw in the we got to draw in the internet viewers. What'll bring them in? I mean, the sound Keep, They like those that look that keyboard cat, don't they? <laughs> the music has the quality of somebody playing their iPhone playing it on their iPhone next to the camera. <laughs> <laughs> what do children like? Uh, public domain exactly. songs. That's it. <laughs> I learned that uh, watching a movie called Bratz, the movie. And to bring it back to the titular, a talking cat? We do see Duffy in this minute. And really the best thing I can say about what he does is we see him. He's yeah. sitting on the couch. It doesn't even feel fair to call these reaction shots because Duffy is just uh, the most uncharismatic cat <laughs> of all time. Doped to the eyeballs, I think I read in a review. Where did they find him? Because, like, your garden variety cat, like, I mean, uh, we're all cat lovers here, and we've all met more entertaining cats than Duffy. <laughs> I, I, I don't understand. Was he on drugs the yeah, whole time? Yeah, I mean, I think that, that's how... Was he hanging out with Eric Roberts? Exactly, yeah, he's really, uh, I don't even know if I would call that method. Squeaky and Eric Roberts were both were both on something during this shoot. Squeaky is that the cast yeah, name? The actor. Yeah, yeah, his name is Squeaky. Yeah. Well, then we should be hearing him squeak all over the place. Come on, dude, this is easy. They stuff. actually had to pay a sound guy millions of dollars to remove all the squeaking, so it didn't ruin the movie. <laughs> it really cut out of their uh, budget for making the mouth move, which is why yeah. we have the black void that we do. Yep. The Tone Squeaky down at any cost. <laughs> restrain him he's chewing the scenery after we find out that uh susan is not married uh schwing Ow! phil phil stutters uh very awkwardly mm -hmm. for a little while that sounds unlike phil that doesn't sound oh, like I know. him at all it's like he took that uh he took that line reading from the ac slater school of performing awkward stutters yeah and we find out that that chris's mom is also gone so they're both single. She, she's crossed over. She's passed on. Or is he divorced? I don't remember. I believe that she passed on, but I'm yep. not 100% sure. She took her own life. Who cares? These two are going to hook it's up. It's kind of so. like a, a traumatic cat on a hot tin roof situation. Like 
she found out that her husband was gay and it just drove her mad and she ended up ending her own life. Mm -hmm. That's a very loose take on that play. <laughs> but I had to throw the word cat in there somewhere. Yeah. Because I was not surprised to find out that Phil didn't have a wife. I think the most surprising thing about this scene is that he's interested in Susan because the early scenes had led me to believe that he was in a very satisfying gay relationship with the with his yeah. house boy. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> I think I, uh, I think his interest in Susan is based almost entirely on his cheese puff based diet. I wish the cheese puffs were in this minute. I miss them. <laughs> I, I just long for them. I just reviewed the dialogue and what is said about Chris's mom is that she left Chris with him. Oh. That's, that's all that there is to say about that. So I guess it's possible that they're not even related. That's <laughs> Oh, yes. Yeah, Just like, I had this kid basket. and here you go, you know? <laughs> she dropped him up on the front It step. would explain the lack of resemblance, for sure. And there is, and the amount of, like, poutiness from Chris. <laughs> You're not my real the dad. Of, like, sullen flirtatiousness. Yep, yeah. the director's like, bitch it up more, bitch it up more. So, <laughs> can we get another inch off these denim shorts? Can we bring someone in here with a pair of scissors? Come on, folks, I'm trying to make a movie for children, please. Show a little professionalism. <laughs> so, then uh, after we get a, a taste of Duffy, not a, not a, not a lot, we then go into uh, Chris's, wait, it's, uh, what, Phil? Immediately just defending his house. Like, he immediately is talking about how shitty his house is, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're both, like, it's like a who has a shittier life right now contest. She's yeah. like, oh, we just have this little house. I know it's shitty, but I did it all myself. He's like, oh, I have a lot of money, but my house is shitty, too, because someone else decorated it. It was just a real uh, tale of two cities situation, except everyone's whinier. Yeah, it's opposites attract when the opposites are exactly alike. Yeah, and this woman, I mean, she lives in a beautiful, like a modern family cottage in the middle of this woods. So it doesn't seem that bad to me. I think me. you just read the realtor's, yeah. uh, realtor's listing for that place now. <laughs> modern family style ranch house, drenched in sunlight. <laughs> I think we found Shannon's secret talent. Describing um, houses. It's from all my time building houses on The Sims. That's why I'm so oh, good got at it. Got it. immediately categorizing them. Are you talking about Sin The Sims, the other family that is referenced in this movie a couple times? The wealthy family that was going to offer an internship to uh, the one kid? Did you guys catch that from an earlier minute? Tina. Tina, yeah. Tina. I was... Actually talking about the game, no, the, video the computer game, okay. game, you get to play God. <laughs> but you know what? I'm glad we brought it around. <laughs> Keep tucking those loose ends back in wherever we can. So that's, uh, yeah. I, according to this movie, the most important thing in life besides cheese pups is internships. <laughs> yeah. Who has one? Who doesn't have one? Internships get you into business college, you know, so it's important. <laughs> I need an internship before DeVry will accept me. <laughs> It looks good on the resume. Right, next to Cheese Pup Assistant, which is, I'm pretty sure, what's on uh, that girl twin's resume so far. <laughs> Unlike her loser brother, yeah. who... He doesn't do anything. He mends cool. fences. He, just has mom he has mama's boy on his resume. That's what's up. <laughs> he has suck up. <laughs> he helps mom stop falling through the fence all the time. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, uh, so this is we see the sparks of love in this minute, yeah? This is... 
that's what this minute's all about is setting us uh, setting us up for this uh, passion, this whirlwind romance that will dominate the final third of the movie. Yeah, this is uh, this is the B, this is the B story. Is this is this romance? <laughs> they're just their chemistry that overcomes class and being a single parent and everything, and we see it the moment their eyes meet. It's like a bolt of lightning, love at first sight. Exactly. Yeah. What is the B story? Is this the B story? Is the B story Chris and Franny? Ooh, that's the C story. Uh, C for something that I'm not going to say on the air. See you next Tuesday. Could both Brandon and Chris and Phil and Susan go under one B story, the story of these two families coming together to solve each other's problems? Yep. Sort of. Isn't very, that just the theme of the movie? Way. <laughs> I don't know anymore, Dylan. I really don't know. <laughs> I mean, it is hard to tell what this movie is about. I highly recommend looking at the Netflix reviews for this movie. I don't know if that's been said before, but I was looking at them last night, and it is, oh, it is fantastic. They are all over the place. You have the serious one-star reviews, then you have the beautifully poetic, sarcastic five-star reviews, and everything in between, but mostly those two things. And the the real anger you get from the one star people is just so delicious, so tasty. Uh, and the sarcasm is equally beautiful in a different way. So that's my recommendation for you know mining those nuggets of gold out of this pile, the pile of dirt that is this. Movie. Okay, so this is the recommendation section of the podcast where we recommend yeah. uh, <laughs> you recommend that comment thread. I recommend Garfield. I think that's hilarious. Brought to my attention by Nathan Rabin. And uh, Dylan, what's your recommendation? I recommend um, the guide, like the parental warnings on IMDb. Okay, I've read them out. I've read them out on the cast before, so you kind of don't need to go sure. watch them. But listen, well, I mean, do you know what episode that's on? Uh, I don't. Before we before we close out here, I do have a quick question on the subject of Garfield. Okay. Now you've really opened up a Pandora's box, and I have so many things I sure. want to know. I'm not an authority on Garfield. I'm not pretending to be. Just letting you know. <laughs> This is just a think piece. Like like cereal, basically. Yeah, exactly. Is Garfield a talking cat? Uh... Because his words always come in think bubbles, but his owner seems to... Uh, is he a mind reader? What's the story there? Is Garfield a talking cat? Yes or no? Well, John doesn't react to Garfield, right? In the, in the strips? I think he does. He kind of does. Have you guys seen Garfield minus Garfield? That's what I was about to bring up. If you yeah. look at Garfield minus Garfield without Garfield, John is reacting... Seemingly to things Garfield says, like Garfield gives him some shitty comment about, like, oh, you're never gonna find love, kill yourself, and then John has to retort somehow. Yep. That's barely an exaggeration. He's like, leave me alone, demon beast. Here's your lasagna. <laughs> stop, <laughs> stop tormenting me. It's like a shot, like from Insidious, where they show uh, Patrick Wilson and the Darth Maul appears right behind him. It's like John, and then Garfield is just behind Darth him Field. there. He's not a talking cat. He's a thinking cat. And John has supernatural abilities. I mean, that's that's yes. one interpretation. That Garfield represents mm -hmm. some kind of uh, pressing responsibility that hovers over John's shoulders, always reminding him that Mondays are terrible, normal sucks, and lasagna is delicious. So we close out this minute uh, with some self-deprecation from Phil, and then Susan goes, no, I think you look, and then our minute ends. Tune in next time to find out what Phil looks like. <laughs> Spoiler alert, it's a leprechaun. Yep. Or as I refer to him on the Flophouse episode, a blotho.
a blonde Otho. Uh, well, that well that finishes up the content for our minute. Uh, do you guys have any closing thoughts? Like I said, I tried to watch a chunk of this movie last night, and I just felt despair close over me so quickly. This is a movie best enjoyed in very small chunks. Yeah, I think I yeah. think you're right. Uh, this while this movie is, or well, this this minute's great because we see the beginning of this love. Uh, I guess the relationship, the central, uh, I was about to say love triangle between them and Duffy, but that doesn't make sense. (laughs) Maybe between them and Chris. And it's, it is a perfect use of La Cucaracha. Yeah. This is a great example of the music, if nothing else. And the raw sexual chemistry. Uh, well, my closing thoughts is I'm actually going to change my recommendation to Lasagna Cat (laughs) on YouTube. Okay. Which is one of the funniest things I've ever seen, and you should all go watch it. Okay. It is Garfield related. Uh, well, thank you both for joining me. This has been a lot of fun. Come back again. I will. Thanks. I will as well. All right. Uh, I will see you guys next time then. And I've been Stuart Wellington. <laughs> oh, and I'm Shannon Camp. And I am Dylan, as always. Thank you all very much for listening to this episode of A Talking Cast. If you enjoyed it and you want to stay up to date with our future episodes, please like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash A Talking Cast or follow us on Twitter at A Talking Cast. See you next time. Bye, everybody. Minute by minute. That's what they'll be diving in to shed some clarity on this hilariously failed attempt. So grab a friend and crack a beer with them and listen in. A Talking Cast is about to begin. That was episode 39 of A Talking Cast, the A Talking Cat podcast that nobody ever asked for. Your host was Dylan Reed Miller with guest hosts Shannon Camp and Stuart Wellington. Edited by Darren Husted. Music by Casey Trimble. Voiceover by John Kovaleski. Artwork by Josh Hollis. Executive producers Sarah Cantor and Darren Husted. Copyright 2015. All rights reserved. This podcast is not affiliated with Rapid Heart Productions. A Talking Cat is owned by Rapid Heart Productions. No infringement is intended. Rest in peace, Abby Randazzo.